Please be seated. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the word that you revealed to us in Scripture. And above all, we, re we praise you for the word you revealed to us in Jesus Christ, your Son. May we see him speaking and coming to us through the written word of Scripture. And may we see his light shining upon us and upon our lives in this moment. And may we find that our darkness is illumined by his light and we are guided in the way that you wish to take us on our journey to healing and wholeness. We ask this in his name and for his sake. Amen. One Sunday, a visiting minister from the big city came to a rural church and offered healing prayer as part of his service. A line of people started to form, waiting to be prayed with by the minister. When it was the turn of a teenage boy, the minister asked him what he wanted prayer for. For my hearing, the boy said. So the minister placed his hands over the boy's ears and started to pray. After a few minutes, the minister removed his hands and said to the teenager, How's your hearing now? I don't know, said the boy. It's not till Friday morning at the magistrate's court. Oh, you'd like that one. It's <laughs> the way I tell them. No, like that minister who didn't get hearing right, sometimes we don't get healing right. Some Christians think that healing is a specialized but sidelined ministry exercised by the few when in reality, it's a ministry that the whole church of the body of Christ is called to exercise as a normal and natural part of its life. Some Christians think that healing is rather cranky, and it's only for strange sects or cults, when in truth, it has always been part of the mainstream of Christian worship, witness, and service down the centuries. Some Christians even think that healing has no place in a high-tech scientific world when in reality God continues to heal today through prayer just as God heals through medical science. So what's all this about healing? That's our theme for today that arises out of our Bible passage about Peter and the healing of the bedbound, paralyzed man Aeneas and the raising to life of a female disciple from Joppa named Tabitha or Dorcas. I want to share with you how these two specific stories of healing that Luke gives us bring to light 
three important aspects of the church's healing ministry. And the first of these is this, that healing is about telling the good news of Jesus. Healing is a tool of evangelism. In each of these two accounts of healing in Acts chapter 9, there is an immediate impact made upon those who witnessed or heard about what took place. In the case of Aeneas, Luke tells us that all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, that is, Aeneas healed, and turned to the Lord. When Dorcas was restored to life and the news of this spread throughout Joppa, many people believed in the Lord, Luke tells us. Both these events provided the kind of good news that people just couldn't help but share and pass on to others. And the effect was dramatic. I think we can sometimes underestimate the power of good news stories. Stories of how Jesus is healing today. Not just how Jesus healed 2,000 years ago, but stories about how Jesus is actually healing today. Those kinds of stories give to so many people who are in need of healing prayer a sense of encouragement. They can change fixed ways of thinking and they can make people more open to the presence and the reality of God in their everyday circumstances of life. Only last Sunday, someone was relating to me how an atheist professor had been moved by this ordinary Christian's very simple and straightforward account of how God was involved in his wife's healing. That's one reason why I'm always keen for people to share their stories of healing. As you'll see when you read Westminster Word and the annual review brochure. Good news is infectious and it can have a significant impact. Sometimes far more than we can imagine on those both inside the church and those beyond it. And even if it doesn't always lead to people turning to the Lord and believing in Christ as newly converted Christians, it may lead some to turn to the Lord to ask for healing prayer for themselves or for others, and to believe that God may be able to bring healing or transformation into their lives. So firstly, healing is about telling the good news of what Jesus is doing now. Healing is a tool of evangelism. But the second thing I think this passage shows us that healing is all about is that it's about the whole of life. Whenever healing prayer or healing ministry is mentioned, some people have the impression that it's just about physical healing, the relief of pain, or the curing of a physiological condition. But actually, healing is about the whole of our human being, body, mind, and spirit. And whilst we tend to separate those out and compartmentalize them, 
the reality is that they are held together. The truth is that they interact one between the other. The story of Aeneas could well be an illustration of this. Luke describes the healing of Aeneas in very similar ways to the way he recounted the healing of another paralyzed man by Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. You remember the story about the man who was lowered down through the roof by his friends? In that incident, Jesus gave healing to the man by pronouncing his sins forgiven and only then telling the man to get up and walk, just as Peter instructed Aeneas to do. Many physical conditions have their root in emotional, psychological, or spiritual disease. A major cause of sickness in our society today is to be found in stress and anxiety, as people struggle to cope with life as it presents itself to them or because of the demands that life makes upon them. That's why our healing team will always pray with people and when they do, they will ask for healing in body, mind and spirit. We never just pray for the most obvious symptoms and we don't just pray for what people present as their need for healing. God often sees a far deeper need for healing than we can ever know. And that's why we pray for healing to be given to bring wholeness of life, wholeness of being in body, mind, and spirit. One of the key statements that Jesus made about the purpose of his ministry is found in John chapter 10 and verse 10, where he said, I have come that you may have life, life in all its fullness. That's what healing is about. Healing is about life, the whole of life, in every part of it. Healing is about the whole of our being in every aspect. And that's why in healing ministry, we pray not just with those with medical problems, but also we pray with those facing difficult decisions in their lives or those who are coping with troubles in their family or at work, or with those who are fearing the consequences of redundancy or debt or broken relationships. And it's for that reason that I want to say to those of you who are pastoral leaders that you also have a vital role to play in a person's healing. You may not pray with people by laying on of hands or with the anointing of oil, but a ministry of sympathetic and attentive listening plays a huge part in taking people along the road to their own healing and wholeness. So secondly then, this passage shows us that healing is about the whole of life. And thirdly and finally, this passage teaches us that healing is all about Jesus. I've already drawn a comparison between the healing of Aeneas and the healing of the paralyzed man in Luke chapter 5. But there's also a strong parallel, intentionally so, on Luke's part, 
between the account of the raising to life of Dorcas and a similar account of Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. Again, as with the story of Aeneas, the details and the language are strikingly similar, both written by Luke. In fact, Luke even hints at a subtle word association by telling us Dorcas's name in Hebrew, Tabitha. It's a reminder of the words Mark quotes as coming from the lips of Jesus in his account of the raising of Jairus's daughter in Mark chapter 5. Talitha kume, Jesus said on that occasion. And Mark tells us that it means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Talitha, Tabitha. There could be no more direct link between what Peter does for Dorcas and what Jesus did for Jairus' daughter. Indeed, what Luke is trying to make very plain to us is actually they are one and the same. Both are healed, both are raised to life, and both by Jesus. In fact, to Aeneas, Peter had actually said, Jesus Christ heals you. You might think this point is so obvious that it doesn't really need laboring. But sadly, I think it does. There are those around who offer a healing ministry who put their own name in far bigger letters than the name of Jesus. There are those whose ministry revolves totally around their own extrovert and egocentric personality and not around Jesus. And for me, that's just not scriptural. That's why here at Central Hall, we don't have anything to do with healing ministry based on any one particular individual or personality. We work as a team because the healer is Jesus. No matter who says the prayers or who lays on hands, it doesn't matter whether it's a layperson or an ordained minister that offers you healing ministry because it's Jesus who heals. And our healing is offered always in the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, the name that is above even the greatest names of the world's most celebrated healers. We offer healing in the name of Jesus and in no other name because there is no other name under heaven or on earth by which we may be healed or saved. So thirdly and most importantly, healing is all about Jesus. So then, what's all this about healing? Well, these two stories of Aeneas and Dorcas teach us that healing is about telling the good news of what Jesus has done, but also what Jesus is doing now in our lives, in our world. It's a vital tool of evangelism for the Christian church. Secondly, healing is about the whole of life and the whole of our being, body, mind, and spirit, 
because God is concerned about every aspect of our lives. And thirdly, healing is about Jesus because healing comes only in and through the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I hope there's been nothing wrong with your hearing today. And I hope you've heard this message loud and clear. If so, then to meet your need or to pray for others, let me invite you to come for healing prayer at the end of the service. Let me encourage you to go to one of the pairs of healing team members that you will find located around the hall. And as you go for prayer, for prayer in the name of Jesus, prayer for whatever it may be in your life, I hope you will discover what healing is really all about. And when you've discovered what healing is really all about, I hope you will then go and share that with others too. Amen. Before we have a time of